This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Book Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to the Blue Monday podcast now in our fifth year, something, something, something. It's pandemic time. I haven't done the intro properly for weeks and weeks, but today has been D-Day, a momentous day. We said we were going to do a pod today. Um, We kind of knew what was going to happen, but um, today has been the day that the EFL have voted to curtail in a stunning landslide victory for um, lovers of Rotherham everywhere um, for it's a curtail the season. Um, I've got Richard with me. I've got Joe with me. Um, first of all, guys, let's just get without... I'll go into detail on the timeline going back to March. Let's just get your instant reactions. I'm going to go to Richard first because as I saw in a great classic albums episode about Stevie Wonder, that they wound him up. They they tried, they kept stopping him singing to get the anger up by his barn in hard time. So I'm going to keep Joe waiting because I know <laughs> I know he's really grumpy about this and it's going to amuse me. So Richard, what is your immediate reaction to the curtailment of the season and Ipswich finishing in 11th position? Oh, I, I don't first, Ben. I'm quite happy with the outcome, aren't we all? Isn't it? You know. Um. So yeah, as you said, uh, to be expected. Totally unsurprised that. Um, McAntony and Marcus Evans, the kind of Ann and deck of EFL League One owners, haven't managed to convince everyone to uh, Laurel and come on, let's keep going. Um, but if it just Cooper flags and <laughs> Jennifer Taylor Clark, it just um, it just highlights the kind of tin pottery of League One, which we talked about before. But when you've got a professional league and 18 out of 23 can't be asked really, and, and we know that some have already got stakes in the game about promotion and so on you can't blame Coventry and Rotherham and so on but the fact it was 18 to 5 or whatever Darren McAntony said it was well he said it was um, 18 to 4 which doesn't add yeah. up yeah 
Well, I'm thinking maybe some maybe Donny abstained or someone. Maybe there's some controversy there, hmm. but not surprised. And now it's kind of done and dusted. We can stop talking about it and concentrate on what an absolute balls up we made of the season and what happens next. And that feels like a really good opportunity for Joe to um <laughs> to vent. Ladies and gentlemen, um, this is Joe Fairs. Um, Joe, your your immediate reaction. We'll go into the minutiae into the weeds we'll go granular as the great harry from bath would say but just your your immediate reaction when um when that broke earlier on it's difficult because i think as soon it was sort of 99 percent certain it was going to happen so it's not like a bolt from the blue that came up but i think the biggest sort of overriding frustration with the whole process is sort of what rich hinted at there is that the efl has got three competitions that it's responsible for one of them is continuing in the championship and the other two and not playing football. And it seems too many teams are happy to not even try and play football, that the can was kicked so far down the road, that even if that there was no way, even if the decision was made today, teams weren't back in training yet. They needed to wait three weeks to train. We were going to be two weeks behind the championship as it is. And it's like, it was a fait accompli. Have you, have you heard the to... dates? Have you heard the dates of the league two playoffs? Like next week. <laughs> next, yeah. next Thursday. <laughs> So, so, they've been, so they've been training, but also it sort of came out yesterday that, that Portsmouth, Wickham, Fleetwood have been training as well. And yeah. were tested for the first time on yeah. so, um, Monday, weren't they? I can see why sort of the likes of Darren McAnthony and Mark Palios and Nicola Palios are f- sort of furious at this because they're trying to get something happening and it's like the... The lack of anyone taking the lead has just allowed it just drift to nothingness. I do have to agree with Dara the Explorer. He tweeted earlier that as soon as... Um, and I don't like this getting personalised to Rick Parry because Rick Parry doesn't... I know he's the head of the EFL, but it seems to get all kind of put on, on his door. Um, I'm sure he's very well paid for it. But um, they said as soon as you're going to let the clubs decide this was always going to happen, that that self-interest was going to win over. And we discussed before, chaps, um, there weren't enough, with the options on the table, there were not enough motivated parties to vote to continue playing. Um, Look, Rich, let's go through this timeline. Um, So I'm going to do this off the top of my head. Um, uh, Being the professional outfit we are, we are completely unscripted today, as ever, in this Ragtag podcast. Um, So... Everything got cancelled. Uh, March, the... What was our last game? It was against Oxford, wasn't it? Cov, wasn't it? Cov at Cov, home 1-0? Yeah, Cov the following weekend. It was one of many home 1-0 defeats. We didn't, yeah, it was Bristol Rovers was the game that we were going to play and then... And do a live podcast. At, yeah. We were going to do some stuff, yeah. And then the COVID. Yeah, joy. Um, so we got the cancellation. We got told three weeks. Um, the situation got worse around the world. Fair enough. Um, football cancelled then till May the... 16th or some arbitrary date that was just uh, Joe used the term the can kicked down the road so there's an example of it there um, for the first few weeks of this it felt like the EFL was actually ahead of the um, the Premier League there was lots of lots of kind of arguing and posturing from the Premier League and um, the EFL seemed to be you know trying to get everything together then as Joe has pointed out um, the Premier League only being 20 clubs and um, with a four billion pound television deal behind it, managed to kind of get things uh, moving in the right direction. We know the figure now: cancellation would have cost seven hundred and sixty-two million pounds in a in a TV rebate. So if you're wondering why the Premier League has started, um, 
there you go. Um, so then all of a sudden the Premier League gets their act together and then we get this farcical situation in the Championship where um, it kind of starts off with um, Andy Holt and Accrington and, you know, the spokesman for clubs of those size saying, oh, we, we, can't, we can't afford to play on without... Um, Without fans, we can't afford to do testing and I'm furloughing my staff. And then it seemed like the yin to his yang was um, Dara Cantony of Peterborough saying, well, no, we're in the opposite situation. It's actually going to cost us more money to stop than it is to continue because of the um, defaulting on sponsorships and refunding season tickets and things of that nature. Um, so then you get your impasse. Um, in the meantime, the Premier League announces its dates and then... The only time where I think the EFL really dropped the ball, Rich, was um, we want to listen to your proposals. Then we reject all of them. Then we give you another 10 days to make more proposals. Which and we've then ultimately... another, week, another week then went on top of that as well. Yeah, the uh, very, plus the extra day because it was, it was and then, yeah, supposed to be Monday, wasn't yeah. <laughs> it? Um, so ultimately, um, and I can see in the wording of the EFL statement um, that we've listened... Um, you know, I, I can't remember what their wording was. We, we've listened extensively, say, to... So they obviously just seem to be trying to cover themselves from lawsuits. We listened to your proposals. They're all rubbish. We're going to do, do ours, basically. Yes. And that's where, that's where we're at today, um, Richard. Uh, a Tranmere proposal. Um, apparently an Ipswich amendment to the relegations... The regulations, excuse me, not, not a proposal. Um, can I play devil's advocate? You come in first, Rich. Um... I know what Joe is saying, um, that the three divisions are doing um, different things. What, what else could the EFL have done here, given what, at one end there's an open door to 100 million quid a year income from broadcast. Um, in the middle, there's this disparate, which Joe's pointed out very well, Sunderland playing AFC Wimbledon, which feels like a top-end championship Vs League 2 in the same division. And then at League 2 seem to all be in the same boat and wanted to cancel. Well, with the EFL not between a rock and a hard place here, Rich? I think putting the decision on the owners and the clubs makes sense if you're the EFL, right? So there's a little bit of, we've set the parameters of your decision. We've had a vote today. We've ratified certain options. Admitted that, as Joe said, it's kind of fate to complete at that point. You know, there's you've got two binary options and League One was only ever going to go for one of them. But but at least if you allow the dialogue to happen, then you can at least say, well, you know, you guys had the opportunity to uh, to come up with a good solution. We listened to it. I liked all your ideas, but I'm not going to go any for any of them. And, um, and therefore, the decision is kind of with the EFL can just let that play out now. And um, and what we've talked about before is it, it just flags the total disparity within the leagues. And we talked, you talked about um, parachute money a lot with um, with Kieran Maguire. And, and how that and that kind of trickles down to a point, doesn't it? And then it stops and everyone else is, is in the shit, let's be honest. Um, and I can totally understand why League Two, that was a really easy decision. And League One, we're just, we happen to be in League One at the worst possible time in the history of football. Same with Blumen Championship with ITV Digital. We just find ourselves in the crap end of, of, of decisions. And and I think, as, as we, to your question, EFL is always going to give it to the owners to, to figure out. And then you, you let that happen for a while. And then, yeah, binary decision. Nice and easy. Joe, I, I just think that there's, um, uh, 
that there should be a responsibility on the EFL to help their clubs through the competition because basically the reason why we've got a Premier League is because the the top division, the big clubs in the league, broke away from the smaller clubs. They wanted a bigger share of the pie. Ironically, Rick um, Rick Parry involved with that, was, right? Yeah, and he was well. He was head of the Premier League then, and yeah. now we're at a position where the EFL has three leagues. The one of which has the most money is now effectively on the same schedule as the Premier League, and the other two are on a separate league. And this is just well, to me, there, this there's is... a future echo for you, Joe. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, this is. I think this is a momentous day for football with regards to the EFL. In that, right? That down, this Rich. is this is the EFL splitting, isn't it? But between between the championship in league one and league two there is a there's a yeah. big split and this is yep. this is on our way to premier league to regionalize yep. lower leagues how how that plays out i don't know but there's there's no way we're not going down that road now and i think this is probably been a sort of dam that's burst i think it's past a point of no return with regards to that now because the championship and league one and league two should all be aligned and the efl should have been doing all they can to make that happen whether that's borrowing money whether that's going to the Premier League, cap in hand. You could have given every club in League 1 and League 2 half a million pounds, and that would have probably seen them through the season with regards to the testing costs, the training costs, the furlough costs. And what's that, £24 million when you've got teams being relegated, getting £40 million to each club as a parachute payment? I know these are big figures in some in some people's heads, but the the, the testing cost and some form of, compensation could easily have been given by the Premier League, the PFA, the EFL, but the EFL has elected to split its competition. Yeah. I, I mean, is, is the national interest something involved in here as well? Because you've already covered, Ben, the kind of legal and financial ramifications for the Premier League kind of packing up. But Ain't going to happen. <laughs> but also from a, from a national like morale perspective, more people care about the Premier League and to a lesser extent the Championship than League One. Only because of its proximity to the Premier League, Rich, though. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's no, what I no mean. One's, and, and no you, one's going to be watching regu- the Championship, though, are they? But it's, it's the Premier League relegation and, and, and promotion, all that stuff that needs to happen. But but no one, apart from us, really cares about League One and League Two, let's be honest. But no, so, one, no one in the Championship, no one outside a Championship supporter cares about the Championship because... There's going to be 40 live Premier League games on a week on TV, 20 of which are free to air. Do you well, think it's, people Joe, it's only that Sunday Sunday at midday where the championship is goes unopposed. Do you know what no I mean? No one's going to watch the championship. They'll watch the playoffs because they always do. But nobody is going to be tuning in to watch Nottingham Forest v Brentford, which is a big game in that league. The only games that neutral is going to be watching are sort of Leeds, just because people want them to fail and sort of, come to the end of the season, maybe a couple of games there, but the championship is just going to be sitting there playing it, playing out to its own supporters in the same way that league one and league two would have been. So your momentous, your momentous moment, Joe, is that a redrawing of the league lines to, to the regional stuff? Cause that's been mooted Ben since, you know, well, May I've, time, I've, hasn't it? I've kind of fatalistically said the only way that money's going to get to the second tier is if the second tier belongs to the premier league. And, um, I'm afraid that might squidge, you know, a bigger gap, you know, at that cliff edge. Then um, you're effectively just moving the cliff edge, though, aren't you? Um, and well, you might you might be stopping any entrance into that well, league. Well, I was going to say, Joe, is it's going to be a mad race for your Ipswich, Sunderland, you know, to make sure that because if I'm if I'm doing Premier League and Premier League Two, my Premier League's only having 16 teams in it, and my Premier League Two is probably only having 20 you know, 20, 22 teams in it. 
anyway. And you've got a lot of lower-end Premier League teams who'd be the, you know, way ahead of teams like Ipswich, Sunderland, Pompey, yeah. Oxford um, in that regard. But it'll be very interesting, Joe, whether you're whether you're right or not. And if you can't directly draw it back to what's happened today, you might indirectly um, be able to. Um, before we do too many forecasts on the complete restructuring of the uh, English football pyramid, which may or may not happen. Um, but, but just quickly, when is League One going to start again? Who knows? Well, yeah. So and I mean, exactly. Yeah. And sorry. if the championship is going to start in September and League One isn't going to start in September, then... Well, and it's all it all seems to have been um, ignored. Um, and like, for example, I don't want to get into politics, but we've seen the government today backpedal on their decision for the all the primary school kids to be going in, which anybody who was anywhere near education knew was never going to happen before um, July. It just wasn't possible. And it feels, this feels a little bit similar. It feels like, okay, we've got all this sorted. Let's book our playoffs up before contracts expire on June the 30th. But there's a, you know, there's a ticking time bomb, which is, well, if you can't afford to play nine games here behind closed doors, how the hell can you play 46 when everyone's got less money than they did um, in March and yeah Joe that's a real concern and I hope you're totally wrong and I hope that there's some I don't know who's going to come along on a horse or whatever but um, it's it's an advantageous time for someone and I hope the someone is it's an adverse to, uh, advantageous time for Rick Parry to say come on give us more solidarity give us more support or is it an advantageous time for the Premier League to say look here Leeds look here Forest." Sheffield Wednesday, you're big clubs, aren't you? You know, why don't you, why don't you come, why don't you come with us? Do, do you know what I mean? And it's rich. It's hard to see. Uh, I can see which one's more attractive. And likely. Yeah. And, yeah. and likely, yeah. I mean, I hope it's all right. And I, um, I hope the FA are, are strong um, now as well. And um, I mean, we, we we could debate whether it's even um, feasible to have four professional divisions in the way that in the way that we do and that a lot of Europe doesn't but um look let's not get too far into the weeds with that because this is an Ipswich Town podcast Richard so um let's talk specifically about Ipswich because the points per game has kicked in which has dropped them below Gillingham for an 11th place finish on 63.56 points on the on the projection Sandwiched between Steve Evans, Gillingham and um, Burton, who have just uh, had their manager leave to help them save a little bit of cash um, to fund their 4,000 seat, not even seats at Burton. Um, Look at this through an Ipswich prism then, Rich, because, hey, it could be a lot worse. At least Ipswich are one of these teams that might not get left behind, uh, given their stature and size. But... Um, where, where where does this moment stand? And I know we've got questions on this from an Ipswich point of view. I mean, we're not, we're we're likely to not get left behind financially because the heart the the heartstrings are going to be pulled upon by Evans if you're a season ticket holder in the next week or so. When it comes to refunds, there'll be academy donations, all kinds of stuff to make us not ask for our money back. Um, but on the face of it, eleventh in the league table. However. You arrive at that, whether you play games or not, is failure, abject failure in the context of where we were in October, start of November, even end of January, top of the league in January. And as I tweeted a couple of days ago, six weeks is all it took us 
to go from first to 10th and now 11th on points per game. And we talked about on the previous pod that COVID is a nice little distraction and possibly means that whatever might have turned out if we'd ended up 10th or 11th in in the normal um, run of things is going to get swept aside. And I've got no confidence that Lambert knows what he's doing. And, you know, maybe League One looks totally different whenever the football starts and he gets a... You know, an easy ride of it because everyone's not playing or or, or in administration up. playing seventeen-year-olds. Yeah. But but you have to kind of sometimes make decisions on the basis of fact. And the fact is, we're eleventh. We've got the biggest, one of the biggest budgets in the league. Lambert's one of the highest-paid managers in the league, and the best we can muster is eleventh. I don't think anyone of an Ipswich Town persuasion should be happy about that, regardless of however the league table has, has arrived at. Joe. Yeah, I, I suppose the only thing f- from Richards is about how you sort of, how the league table arrived there. Had our, had our season been a case of two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back, and we just lost the last couple of games coming into this, and we sat there, and it's like, okay, well, you can see what we're trying to do. We're not getting there, but that isn't in any way how the season's gone. We we came, we flew out the blocks, and when we beat Fleetwood away in the, at the start of October, we had something like 27 points from 11 games. Something it like was 2.2 points per game or something at was, that point. Us and it? Liverpool were the only unbeaten teams yeah. in the country. We we were absolutely dicking the league. We were flying. We looked... I'm, I'm not saying we were going to get 100 points, 100 goals, but we were absolutely flying and it looked like... I know some of the performances weren't always the best, but when you build yourself a base like that to go from, it's, to even miss a playoffs by would be inexcusable. Oh, that, that needs relegation form from that, but, from that position, Joe. No, it was, it, wasn't it? Not, it's not even that. It's, we have missed the playoffs. We are about seven points, about? Eight, ignoring eight points. Yeah. Ignoring points per game. I think it was seven points, Joe, 52 to 59. I think it was. having played a game more as well. 12 yeah, with exactly the points right. per game. Yeah. Is it? It's just yeah. unbelievable how, how badly we've done. And you look at the form and what did we get from our last nine games? Four points. Stop it. It's just those sort of runs get managers sacked in the championship, let well, alone promotion favourites in League One. Well, and, our, our crap run culminated in Lambert getting a four-year contract extension, didn't it? I mean, that's one of the sliding doors moments, along with ballsing up since Feb and all the, you know, we need to, Ben, we need to talk about our performance against the top teams in the league because that's ultimately potentially what's costing us being up in the playoffs. But Joe's right. I mean, there was nothing there to get any, personally, any belief that we were going to do anything other than scrape one nils or crappy two nils against the shit teams in the league that we were due to play. We wouldn't have got in the playoffs, despite what Lambert, Evans or Leo Neal think. We were never, ever going to get in the playoffs from the, from where we were after Kov. I think we we had a we had a very small outside chance of doing it purely because we had such an easy run in, but. I think even Lambert admitted it on the website just now in that at the last eight games, we needed to win six. And that's probably right. Six or seven we needed to win. But when you look, we had to play Rochdale at home, AFC Wimbledon at home, Bolton at home, Southend at home. I know the way we were playing, we didn't look like we'd beat anyone, but you should beat all four of them. I think between Bolton, Southend and um, AFC Wimbledon, they had two away wins between all three of them this season. So you've got... so. You sort that's four wins, then you've got to try and pick up points in the other games. But it's, it's all doesn't mean anything now. But we, we we had a very very slim chance, but it wasn't impossible. But we'd have well, we we lost against every decent side we played, so there was no way we were going to get through the playoffs as it was. But um, yeah, true, Richard, does the now chaos in 
the football world, i.e. there's going to be, you know, um and ahhing about when League One starts, if League One starts, when fans come back in, do we extend the transfer window, how many clubs are in administration, who's broke, what transfer market is there. All this chaos makes it very hard for a manager to be fired in this position, doesn't it? Agreed. And look, it's from the outside, if we were to sack Lambert now, I mean, how bloody harsh is that in the current climate? Not that he needs the money, I suspect. But yeah, I think... But I, no, I honestly don't think any other... If you look at any other football fan and they said, oh, Ipswich have finished 11th, like you saw the opposite, that their worst finish is 1952-53, Paul Lambert's been sacked. I don't think anyone would think, oh, that's such a harsh decision, sacking Lambert true. after this. I, I genuinely don't think there's anyone who would think that. Maybe... Like your one percent of football fans might think it, but the ninety nine percent would think he's been lucky to have still been in the job up till now. But well, Joe, I had... let, let me sorry, Rich. Um, let me just flip the question though. What is anybody new coming in going to do uh, aside from establish a pattern of play and um, be tactically <laughs> better? Um, uh, given a depressed transfer market, a uh, you know potential sort of football recession and and a weird restructuring, it's a hard time. For somebody new to come into a club now, isn't it, Joe? Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Well, yes yes and no. Yes, it is a hard time to come in, but the issue we've got is that we've got 28 senior or 28 professionals contracted till the end of next season. So we are not going to be bringing anyone in. I was going to say, we don't need to sign anyone, do we? It, it might be one in, one out. So whoever is the manager next season needs to be able to work with the set of players that we've got and try and get something out of them. Paul Lambert's had two years working with them and hasn't got anything out of them. So what, 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 how, how much worse could anyone else do? I, I feel Lambert's success next year is purely because everyone else will be in the bigger shit than we are. That's all I can, you know, Peterborough, I think, 
McCanty will find a way to get Peterborough viable. Sunderland off the field, there's a lot of stuff going on there that might make them might give them issues. We probably hope Portsmouth go up in the playoffs because they'll be our they'll be the best bet, aren't they? Yeah, exactly right. We you don't mind Wickham Fleetwood sticking around. Um, it feels like Lambert might luck out next season because everyone else is so crap. Let's talk about um, Coventry and Rotherham quickly. I mean, Coventry just haven't lost any games. They've been a really, really good side. It's a great job by um, Mark Robbins, Loans and, you know, fullback that went off to Norwich and um, they've just been really good, haven't they? And um, they probably deserve to go up. Rotherham, Jesus Christ. I like Paul Warren. I like Rotherham. You know, they've been heralded as the one club from the championship to actually make a profit and where did they end up relegated and okay they're a little bit direct but i like i like the model it seems sustainable um but god have they lucked out um rich yeah I, but then the the only team that i think i think out of yeah rotherham doubled us didn't they coventry they did and double yeah. us and rotherham beat us quite convincingly both times so you know, if that's the benchmark beating us, I guess they deserve it. But um, yeah, in terms of how the line has been drawn, they're pretty fortunate, aren't they? Um, Coventry, just the only team that didn't really suffer a blip. Mm, Everyone else kind of that, yeah. fell away for quite a while. Coventry were just quite consistent. As you say, not losing was most significant. But quality throughout the team, you know, and good up and coming players. The, the O'Hare from Villa was a good loan. Um, you know, I th- and. You know, I'm going to get accused of all sorts of stuff, but I haven't got a problem with commentary going up. Rotherham, as you say, a bit fortunate, but probably would have made it, I suspect, um, because they'd had their blip and I think were coming back up, weren't they? Um, Joe, where do you stand on the other end of the table? Um, obviously, um, taking into account Mr. Mark Palios's margin for error over the last three years, then Coventry are fine. Rotherham, I mean, God, 77.94. Okay, 44-game season, but Jesus, that's low, isn't it? Um, down the bottom, Bolton, death sentence with the nine-point deduction, wasn't it? South End, a broke, and, you know, couldn't really do anything. Tranmere, um, I, I feel a bit conflicted on Tranmere. I do feel sorry for them, but the idea that somebody who's 21st after 34 games is automatically Real Madrid because they've won three games and signed some players in January um, doesn't necessarily wash with me, but um, why would anyone from AFC Wimbledon all the way up to Doncaster have voted to play on when it, when it saves them? Um, What what, what do you think, Joe, about the implications at the the top and the bottom before we talk about the playoffs? Um, Personally, yeah, I agree with both of you that Coventry fully deserve their promotion and I don't think anyone is worried about that I think they've been the best team in the league over, over the whole campaign and deserve to go up Rotherham incredibly lucky that they were sort of holding the present when the music stopped <laughs> Wickham I think even luckier because like I say I think Darren McAnthony made the point that Wickham have got a game in hand their game in hand is away against Coventry and they're giving is it? two oh. points something points for that which moves them from seventh to third which is crazy and like I say I, I can see why Peterborough are massively frustrated I see why Sutherland are frustrated Wickham and Rotherham are hugely lucky Tranmere again incredibly unlucky AFC Wimbledon MK Dons those teams down there incredibly lucky to have survived and I think what sort of Mark Palios and Nicola Palios have said at Tranmere is that they've basically planned their season which has worked for them for the last two years for their back-to-back promotions where they 
withhold a percentage of their budget until they get to January where they use it and then try and finish the season stronger. It seems Peterborough did that as well with the money they chucked in on the likes of Smodix, um, George, is it George Taylor, the midfielder? I can't remember, George something, um, that they signed. So you've got two clubs that have signed well in January, have sort of held money back to make an impact in January, have seen that impact be made, see themselves moving up the table and then it gets curtailed. So they're both, like I say, incredibly unfortunate. And like I say, it just leaves a, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth when they're, they think the season should be played, the championship is being played, and other teams, for their own interests, are kicking the can down the road and making no effort to play the season out. They've got, I mean, some clout behind them as well. So, I mean, do we think that this decision is it? I, I can't, I can't believe for one second there won't be any kind of consequences or recriminations on this decision from the likes of the Palioses, who are, as I said, they've I mean, Mark Palios is XFA, isn't he? Um, McAntony is obviously. You know, got some money behind him and a bit of clout as well. Do you think they'll let this lie? Um, well, I, I don't see much choice. I don't think yeah, I guess I, I don't it. think they're going to want to. But um, yeah, um, wise man once said to me, um, "There's people who sue and there's people who threaten to sue, and mm. people who sue don't threaten to sue; they just sue." Um, so we'll see. And like we pointed out at the top of the program, um, the EFL are going to lean on their long period of consultation and all of that nonsense aren't they um so uh, and uh, to go to the andy holt um kind of stand on it do you want tramir to plow money into lawyers pockets or get promoted back out of league two if there's a if yeah. there's a league two and, and do you remember the sheffield united tevez thing it just it just kind of rumbled and rumbled and okay you get paid off but you know you're in league one um, a couple of years later, anyway, and you know what? What does it? What does it? What does it really matter? Um, Rich, talk to me about these playoffs. So, um, and honestly, we haven't got a confirmed date, but by God, I'm pretty sure it's going to be the Friday. I think it'd be Friday week, and then the following Tuesday with the final on the 30th of June when the contracts expire. I'm, I, I don't quote me on that, but well, if they're already in training, as we as well, and if the league, mentioned. if the league two are the, the day before, then. You know, we we could literally see um, Wickham Fleetwood and Oxford Oxford Pompey. Um, I'll, I'll give you my two pen of Rich. Um, really impressed with Fleetwood when they were when they were down here. I remember I did the show. I think did you do the show, Joe, afterwards? Um, yes. We spoke about there. Fleetwood's tactical flexibility and you know Glenn Whelan and who was the bald forward Paddy Paddy Madden Paddy Madden playing well and the skyscraper centre half and you know I thought I thought they were pretty good. Oxford the same. Um, I've got Fleetwood in the final over Wickham, and I've got Oxford in the final over Pompey. What, what, what are you thinking? Um, yeah, I, I mean, Wickham. I, again, my 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 reference is having watched Wickham against us, um, and New Year's Day. I didn't think Wickham were any good at all. You know, it was the fact that we we considered a stupid goal as we were doing about that time. We should have won that one, and Wickham's form had, had really tailed off. So. The fact they've ended up third is um, is a bit doesn't really do justice to their format at the time. You know they've done good, and this is their highest league finish I think in their history, is it perhaps? Yes, so it is. you have to give credit to Gareth Ainsworth because last season I think they were on the verge of relegation, weren't they? One of the twelve teams that potentially could have gone down in in April. Um, but I think they're the one of the weaker teams amongst the playoffs. Joey Barton I think gives Fleetwood a bit of an edge. Um, Portsmouth kind of unsung, kind of quietly came up on 
on the rails. They started really slowly and then slow burned into the season. And and I think you know I wouldn't write off Pompey. They've got some. I think Pompey, Pompey lose to, the lose the correct, most from an empty stadium in a in a playoff game, don't they? Yeah, that that's right. Fratton Park be, is a bit of a yeah. Really... Wickham and Fleet would play in empty stadiums most of the time. <laughs> that's <is just, laughs> <it's> tremendous. Oh. <laughs> um, Oxford, I don't I don't know how to, what to say about Oxford. Obviously, the game that we all saw in the pissing now and rain is you couldn't read read much into that. The other game um, they were comfortable though. Weren't just they? really spiky their form under um, Robinson. Oxford and again they were in the shit last season as well so they suddenly had a bit of a resurgence I, th- I think it'll I think it'll be Portsmouth personally I th- but I say I think when when you get to the playoffs in any division all four teams have things going for them as much as more than they do going against them they're all good sides to get in there so like I say while Wickham look the weakest of the teams in there from recent form they also have won playoffs before they've got an experienced manager who knows how to get them through a playoff campaign so so I wouldn't write any any of them off. They're not a nice team to play against. They're a True. pretty dirty, nasty, cynical team to play against. So that might do enough to get them through. Well, the other I'm thing is, pretty disappointed that neither of you have been able to prove. Give me more clarity on these predictions after three months mm-hmm. with no games and complete uncertainty, and no one knows what the squads or the forms going to be like. And we're playing in empty stadiums, and the games are probably going to be in about a week's time. So, um, yeah. Is there something stressed quickly, but is there something in the resources and the facilities that the clubs have got to be able to get the conditioning back up? I just assume Portsmouth haven't been in the Premier League recently. They've probably got a decent setup behind the scenes. Fleet have you been, to, have you been to Fratton Park? <laughs> I haven't, but I assume they don't train there, do they? Well, when. I, I don't know where they are now, but when I was at uni, basically, so what, 2005, our uni of Southampton sports grounds was shared with Portsmouth. So oh, there you go. Well, what do we I used to turn up in our mini metros and Teddy Sheringham would turn up in his I'm Ferrari. not driving a mini metro. They just didn't have any training facilities then. They still right. don't have a Category 1 or 2 academy, so I wouldn't, it, I wouldn't expect them to have particularly right. nice facilities. Richard, I'm going to butcher this joke. Uh, we're two-thirds of the way through the pod. Uh, we're not going to finish it. We're just going to allow it to be done on um, unweighted points per game. So uh, we'll see you next season. But um, We've got some questions, guys. Um, I'd love to rattle through lots of these. Um, and continually, my um, requests for these to be answered succinctly fall on deaf ears as people ramble on for 10 minutes. So let's try and let's try and get these done. I know I'm as guilty as anyone. Um, right. Do you want to go first, Rich? Go on, then. Uh, Jack says, surely the only way to solve the season was to null and void or play the games out so everyone has the same games played? Question mark. Nah. Only from a selfish perspective that if you null and void the season, all the pointless long journeys that I made to tick off grounds in the 92 would have been utterly pointless. I don't see that they would have been. I've got a mate who's adamant the other way around. But, um, what about, the, what about uh, the memories, though, Rich? Exactly. All those memories. great days in Blackpool and, you know. You think um, Cats, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that film's terrible. I'm obviously right. talking about the, the um, stage but, show here. But I, I think the other theory, the other thing to chuck it, I'm just ignoring what you said about keeping it quick. Yeah, um, the other thing that the League One could have done was just wait a little bit longer to figure out whether they could have finished the season off a little. I, I don't care. I don't care anymore. They're going to be Decided. done. They're going to be done by the time all the contract expiries happen. Could have, so should have. They'll, they'll be, they'll be happy with that. Joe, Tim Gornall says, um, is this a stay of execution for Lambert? Would he have been sacked if we finished 11th after 44 games? Um, well, reading what's just come out from Leo Neal, I heard him on Radio Suffolk earlier today, and Lambert's put a statement on the website. There's more to come from him this week. It does seem as though Lambert is going to be staying in position. It does 
feel that that was going to be Evans' plan as it was. That's what he wanted to do anyway, regardless of how the season went. But I think a couple more, like the Fleetwood game, the crowd really started to turn. The Coventry game was a bit softer, but had we not beaten Southend at home, Bolton at home, I think the noise may have encouraged Evans to make a decision on that. But yeah, it, it does feel like Lambert has come out of the COVID crisis quite handy. Um, this is Aaron Beale, Richard. I believe I played the piano as he walked down the aisle at his wedding, if I've got the right person there. Oh, what did exactly. you play? Was it the, oh, the wedding march? or was it? Now you're embarrassing me. I can't remember. How oh, delay? She left you yet? Get <laughs> <laughs> the grass, grass stains out of your trousers. Um, hi, Aaron. Um, Lambert is the first manager I've wanted to be sacked in 30 years supporting the club. What possible excuse is there for keeping him? Um, it's too expensive. I, I, there's a bit of a debate raging on whether it's whether the the five year contract is kind of made up of incentives and add-ons and stuff and or whether he is honestly the most highly paid manager in league 1 we honestly don't know we're speculating i think there's there's an argument to sack him if you want to save half a million quid a year or whatever it is and get someone cheaper um but we i, I don't know you know what's the question again i think <laughs> you I know that marcus evans is more interested in the stability and loyalty yeah than... which is yeah, building yeah, side of the of the argument don't you but there's so. nothing stable about being shit yeah well there's yes. nothing stable about there's something, consistent, the of, something consistent about it though joe isn't there we consistently drop down down 12 places a season <laughs> from 12th in the championship to 24th to now 11th in league. Yeah. yeah it's it's, it's the cost of I, I, the, the legal kind of how you break that contract in a covid crisis i don't know whether that works or not i suspect if the league had played out and we finished 11th, I think there would have been a FC mutual consent situation there. I want to ask oh, David Diamond about all the corona clauses he's put in the insurance contract that he's, that, he's, that he's written. Also, um, when we were talking about the league being finished and the clubs voting against it, Craig had mentioned that sort of a very good point that he spoke earlier about is that how frustrating even more so is it for the likes of especially Peterborough Sunderland who wanted to continue the season to go in the playoffs that four teams voted for the season to finish and are now going to go and play in the playoffs themselves so that all voted, I would say to Craig who I love dearly is their season what would Craig do in their position yeah rest in interest come on do the good do the right thing <laughs> do, <laughs> do the right things for his club and vote the to stop playing and Jesus Get your, um, it's like picking up the old community chest, go straight to the playoffs card. Now I'm going to roll and go past Mayfair with all the hotels on it and stuff like that. Now I'm, I'm, I'm going straight to go, I'm afraid. But then I am known as a notorious shithouse amongst our podcast team, aren't I? There we go. Um, this is Will, who I'll answer this one. I would love to hear Harry's thoughts on this season. Any chance of a special guest appearance? Um, we can pick up the bat phone to Harry, whether or not... Harry feels like he's in a position to um, put himself in front of the camera or to speak would be up to him. But we may well be able to get a message from him, even if he doesn't appear. Um, And we all love and miss Harry, who is um, off de-stressing after um, a very busy 2018-19, put it that way. And um, he will be listening. Don't you worry. I'm sure he won't mind me mentioning it. I messaged him a, f- a few months ago and just to check in and stuff. Um, he'd been watching on kind of, you know, it's stressful enough having 
jobs and all that kind of stuff that lives outside the podcast world so he definitely needed to de-stress but he'd been keeping an eye and I think he was as depressed and frustrated with the situation as everyone so I'm sure there's nothing that he would have said something more articulate and poetic perhaps but I think he's largely in tune with a lot of the opinions that we've shared on here hopefully I'm glad to hear that he hasn't got away with not being depressed while we've all had to put up with this for the last <laughs> time so, he just hasn't what, had to That's watch tremendous. the 90 minutes on the, on the Saturday afternoon as much um do the esteemed panel that's a bad start isn't it there's no esteem in here certainly no self-esteem from my point of view there we go (laughs) do the esteemed panel believe there's a way to have an executive at the efl to make these decisions rather than three separate votes with different outcomes can i take that guys um joe said it at the start in an ideal world yes that would be exactly what we want unanimity um but sadly um and I'm going to agree with you again, Joe, which I don't like doing. But since 1992, these cliff edges have got bigger and bigger and bigger between all the divisions. And sadly, I believe it's been impossible for the EFL to have unanimity across these three divisions. But yes, that's obviously uh, that was FPL tractor. That's obviously what we what we would have wanted. But sadly, the football pyramid is not really pyramid shaped, is it? I'm struggling to think what. Is it shape a it is. I don't know. What it it's is. like a needle, really, isn't it? And the Premier League's just at the top of the needle, I think. But eye, yeah. Shitting on everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is Mark um, Joe. No town fan should disagree with this decision. Uh, PL crashed the tractor into a ditch. Metaphor. Uh, to not even make the playoffs is a huge fail, the biggest possible. How does the club recover while he's still here? Other than Downs and Wolfie, do you think we'll lose any more players? Good, good question that joe yeah how do you how do you write this with lambert here which we assume he will be we basically just have to hope that he's had an epiphany in the covid crisis and has actually remembered how to motivate and set up a team over over it because he's gonna he's gonna have another chance to come back and i just like i say I've, I've got very very little faith in in him from what i've seen up till now i just hope that maybe when he first came in, he wanted he wanted to play out from the back, play four three three, set the squad up to do that. And I ho- I hope maybe that he actually realises that all the chopping and changing, all the rotation, was just an absolute disaster, and it just did not work. I, I listened to um one of the Kings of Anglia pods a little while ago, and and either Andy or Stu said on there that apparently we'd been like studying Man City with regards to how they rotate their players. And it's and it's like that, and it's like well, Man City have like Joe, their players of, are really yeah, good. Come into the team. They've they've got eighteen players. Of a Which international should I bring off the bench this week? <laughs> yeah, of a very similar. And it's like we've I think we've tried to be far far too clever this year, and I think maybe Lambert, like I say, all, all we can hope for as fans is that he can go back to basics, try and pick his best eleven. And have a sort of squad of, like I say, I think we've got 28 players, but try and get trim that down a little bit to get some players that sort of have a similar stand and try and keep people hungry. Not not just give players minutes for the sake of it to try and keep it. Don't try and keep everyone happy. Keep the fans happy and keep winning on the pitch, maybe. I think I would so have... Got, it's not a tough would, league though, is it, guys? Come on. No. I mean, you really don't need to be that good to, to get out of... well. But generally, you know what, you should know what your best team is. And I'm, I'm yeah. not saying you play your best team every week. You may make a change here or there, but you should be able to sit down and say, look, our best team is Thomas Holy in goal, Vincent Young at right back, or whoever needs to come in there, Garbutt at left back, Chambers and Wolford in the middle, Scoose, 
downs and whoever in the middle like i say you, you should be able to say what your team is the team you want to play and when you can't play that you try and work around it like i say with regards to players out downs i st- I think he should go personally for him because I think he's too good for League One at the moment when he plays. I think he's a player that could jump right up into a Premier League squad if they, if the money's on offer. And I think he's hopefully we get a decent fee from still. I think Luke Wolfenden could do with another year here because while he had a good season, I do think over this bad run at the end of it, he's probably really he looks he looks like he's really been struggling and not playing that not playing that well for the last sort of two months of the season potentially and I think he needs another season at this level I think if anyone wanted him they'd be in the championship and I think the championships transfer market is going to have completely collapsed so I just don't see that there is a market for him out there at the moment unless you have a Sheffield United want to come in and pick him up and loan him out or try and bring him into their rotation to play him but I just I I think hopefully Wolfie will be here for another year and I think it'll I think that'd be the best thing for him but I think Downs is going to have to go Wolfie Downs has the kind of Matt Clark kind of situation about him when Portsmouth sell him to Brighton and he gets loaned to Derby, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd imagine that might happen with Flynn Downs. The Prem team might take a punt and loan him to a championship club. If you can pick him up for five million quid, it's an absolute no-brainer as a premiership team. He's young, he's English, he's quality. He's, he's going to Mark Noble, isn't he? You should go to West Ham. There you go. He's, going to, he's a West Ham fan and he's from Brentwood, so that is the move that makes the most sense. But like I say, if, if I was... If I was any Premier League club, I'd be picking him up for five million quid and either loaning him out or bringing him into the squad because I just I think it's one of those transfers you can't lose on. Yep. The only way is Essex, the Sugar Hut, Brentwood. I've, I've been there actually. I had lunch there. Um, Richard, this is Chris, London Tractor Boy. I wonder if the clubs who voted to end the season because they inverted commas can't afford to play behind closed doors would be able to miraculously be able to afford it in August. When they aren't close to relegation. I can't believe anything changes in that respect. And I think the fact that we didn't decide today when League One 2021 is going to start is a real concern. I think we'll have another month or two of people having the same kind of back and forth that we did to end this season. I honestly do. I don't, I don't, Accrington are not going to magic out half a million quid from somewhere to be able to run the season. Um, and either the EFL needs to play hardball and set the date and we stick with it. Or it will be everyone deciding for themselves, and we won't decide again, will we? Because we'd, we'd, we'd start we, in in July, in July or August, wouldn't we? But or, or we get a bailout from somewhere. The books, don't they? Yeah. Accrington only have about four players whose contract runs past the end of this season. So if they have to bring some kids in and pay them £100 a week and lose every week, then... But it's testing, isn't that's it, what they've got to, isn't it? And all that stuff. It's the test. It's COVID testing. Yeah, or, yeah or just... Well, he's been really consistent, only, hasn't only recruit, he? Only recruit people who have already had COVID. They have the antibodies. But I, I, I was speaking to someone the other day about this, actually, and it's talking about COVID testing. Surely it's now in Ipswich Town's best interest for the whole squad to have COVID between now and pre-season. Unless any of them got asthma. Yeah, yeah. but they should. But, I mean, you, you, if they could all have it and have the antibody, I know, I know you're not going to – it's not like a chicken pox party with children, but <laughs> at what – if, if the next season starts, you don't want a player coming down with COVID, do you? So surely there's a, there's an, there must be in, is it, like I say, it's in the club's interest for people to develop it. And and that's die. the whole other side of this debate, Joe, isn't it? That we've spoken about this on the assumption that players will be kept safe and there won't be massive outbreaks of this virus going into the, going into the autumn. It, like everything we've said has been on the assumption that 
that that doesn't happen and um, no second wave yeah, yeah really when when, does, when when is the final day of the championship season um the playoff final is on august the 1st or 2nd the final round of games game week 46 is july the 21st and the 22nd the midweek so, there so so that is when the teams that are going to be relegated into league 1 are going to be finalized so yes or well so, i mean it could be it could be you know we're playing so fast, it could be the week before then. But yeah, around but, that but time. But effectively, that's when the teams who are going to be in this league need to have a rest from that point on before yeah, pre-season point. can start. So yeah. you're going to need at least a couple of weeks after that. And then you're going to need a three, four, five-week pre-season. So you're looking at, you're looking at September, aren't you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be the middle of September, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Oh, shit. <laughs> um well, there we go, guys. I'm going to stop on the. I'll stop on the questions there because we could go on and on and on and on. Um, hopefully, we have covered that. Um, like I say, we had no script and we had um, just some questions and our immediate thoughts. Obviously, as always, we would implore you to um, tweet us at Blue Monday ITFC if you agree, disagree with anything we've said. Um, maybe we'll do a State of the Union pod. And I will just quickly plug, um, and please don't get vexed with us here. Every season we do our season review, um, we do not decide how well or badly the team plays, listeners. Um, so we can only review the games and the results. Please don't get cross with us if we're reviewing a season you didn't enjoy. We like to think as um, a balanced podcast group that we report when we play badly and we report when we play well. So... Um, if that's not for you, then don't listen. Um, come back and uh, we'll see you maybe next season. But we will maybe have a look at a State of the Union. Maybe we'll get Dave out for that. Um, we will um, we'll go through and we'll review the season um, because that's what we've always done here. And we, 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 we kind of like to bookend the season with that now, but we might leave that a couple of weeks. In the meantime, I would love to plug the four-part retrospective on the 99-2000 season um, that had most of the pod team on, the watch-along of the playoff final, the four-part retrospective on the 1980-81 season with Dave and Statman, which has just recently dropped. There you go. Listen to that if you want some some good vibes. Although, um, spoiler alert, we don't win the league. We lose it on the last day of the season. Um, there That's you go. Wonderful uh, Matt Holland interview, four-part incredible Jim Magilton interview. One of the best things we've ever done. Statman and Jim Magilton over five or six hours. Probably the one guy with the most incredible loney Premier League playoff everything manager fired um, all of it. Go and go and check all of that out. So we've tried our best to keep going with the content. Um, and um, we will be continuing to do so. With that being said, Rich, would you like to plug the new supporter feature? I'm going to sidestep this one. The new supporter feature on Acast for me. I, well, I would love to. Thank you. Yeah, for, um, <laughs> Ask for the people's uh, money. I, well, I, before, I, before I do that, there's also um, a 10-minute 99-2000 Wonderful. montage thing that I put together. It's clipping some of those interviews that you'd done with um, John O and with Marcus Stewart and um, Mikey's with Matt Holland and some of the stats with Jimmy Jordan and hopefully people found that quite kind of a nice thing to relive over the last given us the 20th anniversary that was that was something that we put some effort into and talking about putting an effort um, clearly this is a bit of impromptu but there's lots of hours and there's lots of effort and technology and 
um, prep and scripting and editing and formatting <laughs> that goes on to make this happen. Not yeah, not tonight. Um, and so um, our, our hosting partners, Acast, who who are the platform where we put the audio podcast out, have have kind of got a new feature where um, if you're motivated to and if you're um, keen to support us um, and to maybe do more or do better of, of what we already do, um, then there's a there's a link to um, do a donation. Um, and that just helps support us, sustain and hopefully improve what we're already doing. It's it's discretionary. There's no um, threat of us going and making it a subscriber or a Patreon thing. Um, but if you kind of enjoy this and enjoy listening to Joe and Ben and all the guys, Dave and Stat and Mikey and Seb and Craig and I've forgotten someone, I'm sure. Um, then um, feel free to donate. It would be really great if you did, if you could. Um, but no obligation to have I um, have I done that with you've sufficient... done that really well and people can like, find that pinned on our Twitter page and you if can. you do donate we'll obviously put the money either into yeah. away <laughs> match tickets or software for filming or hardware in terms of microphones or stuff like it that Dave's so not going to take it to the golf course Joe's not going to do another extension with it or buy some rattan fur Joe's going to buy Paddy Kenny's <laughs> yeah. actually to be fair i i would release some of the money for joe's shirt collection because it's just funny at this point now <laughs> so, um joe is there any update on your shirt collection i'm now just missing the only one i haven't got is the 89 to 92 blue fison's kit that's uh, no i'm not interested in that stuff i'm interested in obscure overweight players and i have got the shirt. mark fish shirt here actually. oh let's see it let's see it shirts that they may have played in follow us on twitter by the way at blue monday itfc and Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Keep that held up, Joe. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's the only time you can see a used Mark Fish shirt from... Is that from QPR, Joe? QPR, 45 from minutes. The 45 minutes. So can I just say, I thought Mark Fish was brilliant when he played for Bolton. I thought he was a great player, yeah. but yeah, obviously didn't work here. Um, Joe, any final thoughts here today? I suppose the only thought, final thought is, after listening to Leo Neal on the radio there, after reading what Paul Lambert said on the website with regards, and the bit there saying there'll be more to follow later in the week, and after reading Marcus Evans' statements, are we all agreed that Lambert is going to be here at the start of next season, bar a sort of crazy change change of heart? So there was, there was one question. So you did a... You did a um... A spin-off chain, didn't you, Ben, on on Twitter? So oh, did I? there was one okay. question that yeah, people started to ask ask questions on that. Um, finishing eleventh. Um, this is Stephen Fuchs. Um, I think I've put yeah, Uwe Fuchs, who used to play for Millwall. Klaus, no. Um, finishing eleventh. Surely Paul Lambert should walk away. That's not going to happen, is it? No, he's not a walk. What from a half, so, no. half a million quid a year job? I've never when... walked away from a fight before. Yeah. No, no, Lambert's not going. Lambert's not going anywhere. But that shouldn't stop anyone listening to the listening to the pod in the in the future if they're not. But the, the only thing I'd say, like Evans hasn't sort of explicitly said anything about Lambert in his statements from what I've read so far. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's just more hope than expectation. But it seems like when he got given the new contract at Wickham on New Year's Day, that was basically uh, we'd been talking for a few weeks about is it time for Lambert to go, and then it was like, well, there's no point talking about it anymore because this new contract does that does. Does what we've read and listened to today, does that do the same? No point talking about it anymore. It's, it's, um, it, it's going to get talked about, Joe. And I think it's a, I think it's a reasonable question to ask, given the, um, you know, 
the kind of disparity between the financial state size of the club and the league finish. I think it's reasonable to ask, but we know our chairman, our owner, um, and we know how the club's been run. And um, I just personally think it's very, not that it's not worth talking about, of course it's worth talking about. And we want to reflect the views of our, our listeners and not, you know, not um, if they, if they want us to talk about it, we'll talk about it, Joe. But um um, I, I think I, I see where you're going and I, I don't think it's I don't think it's likely. No, I think unless he's um, a assuming League One starts normally and, you know, the football pyramid doesn't get smashed with a sledgehammer, then as long as he's within playoff distance by October, November, then that's the only, you know, he'd, he'd have to be in a similar position that George Burley was in when he lost at Grimsby in um, 2002, you know, down down, where, where was he? Bottom half of the table. Looks like it wasn't working. We, we, we're gonna we're gonna make a move. Um, but yeah, it's has Marcus taken a, a leaf out of Mick's book? And the more we talk about Lambert getting sacked, the more likely he is to get a contract extension. <laughs> Isn't our best actor just to not talk about it at all? If that's the case, there you go. There you go. There's a theory for you. There's a theory to finish. I'm right. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. So it's Blue Monday, uh, at Blue Monday ITFC on the Twitter. Um, what's the YouTube handle, Rich? Is it just Blue Monday ITFC? Yeah, I think so. I think just yeah. type Blue Monday into YouTube. You can't and miss you'll it. See, you'll see all of our content there. Hit that subscribe button. Um, ring that bell. Ring that bell. You can ring my bell. That's a bit pitchy, wasn't it? Insta as well. Insta, Insta Blue Monday Pod team, Blue Monday um, and we will be back um, possibly with um, another ex-player if they stop being flaky <laughs> um, very very soon. And um, we will be reviewing the season, but we'll give you warning if you wanna if you wanna dip out of that one. But um, we, we'd implore you to listen. Right, say goodbye, Richard. Goodbye, everyone. Say goodbye, Joe Fairs. Lambert out. I thought you were quite mild until then. <laughs> and you waited right until the end to drop that bloody Just shit grenade in, didn't you? Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in a participating restaurant. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.